A few years ago, a Focus staff member asked Alexis if she had any prayer needs. And at that time, my heart was so tender, and I really was feeling like I wanted to give up on this marriage. So I just told him quite straightly, like, I need help. We need help. Our marriage is very difficult, and would you pray for our marriage? And he did. She also found help on the radio. Focus on the family saved my life. It just was the lifeline that I needed every single day to keep going and keep hoping. I'm Jim Daly. Help us save more families every month by calling 800-A-FAMILY or donate at focusonthefamily.com family. Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parenting podcast. This is not true for all the world, but for so much of the world, we have a lot of convenience and opportunities. We can just go down to the corner store and get the things we need, like the plastic bins or the hot dogs that have been on the rollers for four days, whatever it is. But uh, the point is, we have ways to solve our problems, and uh, there's a whole industry about helping you stay organized. This is John Fuller along with Danny Huerta, and that problem of organization may be because you need those plastic bins, but it (laughs) might be because you just have too much stuff. Um, I was talking to somebody today earlier who said, I'm kind of a minimalist. I throw a lot of things away. That means I might buy a cookie sheet four times because I used one and I gave it away and then I did the same thing three, you know, three more times. But there's something to be said about learning to live with less. There really is. From a psychological counseling perspective, it does truly create peacefulness in the home. Uh, there's just something about it. Uh, well, number one is you have to take care of less. You have to clean less. Uh, but then you're not bogged down by the need for more. Your your brain learns how to live satisfied. Hmm. And that's such a hard place to get to, but such an important place to go and to model for our kids that we can be satisfied with little. And once you can do that, then you can handle all kinds of other things. And really what families are, are grasping for right now, that what they're longing for is peacefulness. Yet our schedules get cluttered. Our relationships get cluttered, and um, our homes get cluttered, hmm. and we go for everything that seems good instead of figuring out what's the most important. Hmm. And we need to declutter not only our homes, but our time, our relationships, and really figure out what's the most important and spend the time there because time is probably the biggest commodity that we don't get back, yeah. and sometimes stuff takes our time away. Well, we're going to hear from Josh Becker now. He spoke to Jim Daly and me about uh, becoming a clutter-free family. Joshua, you've been at this now 10 years. And uh, for those of us that are back to the garage analogy or, Mm. you know, history that you had, you know, that could be this weekend for me (laughs) if the weather's right. But, you know, I'll pull everything out of that garage. I'll tidy it up. I'll clean it up, wipe off all the containers for the Christmas stuff, the Easter stuff, the Thanksgiving stuff. And then I'll pack it in as neatly and as tightly as possible so I might be able to get one car in there. How do we stay encouraged? Uh, how do we even say, okay, now's the time to start? I heard that focus on the family program and that Joshua guy. What encouragement do you have for us? 
Uh, I would encourage people to consider the fact that there's a difference between organizing stuff and minimizing stuff. Organizing is always only a temporary solution. Uh, Courtney Carver, she's a writer, and, and she says it this way. If organizing was the solution, don't you think you'd be done by now? <laughs> but uh, when we just organize one thing one season, we have to do it a month later, a month later. Like, there's no end to that. And so the, the solution is to remove things permanently from our life, to move them on to someone who needs them, to uh, embrace generosity in that way, to realize that if you have to buy more stuff just to organize your stuff, that you're, <laughs> oh, man, you're you, you probably, you yeah. probably reach a saturation point. I'm Mr. That, uh, plastic <laughs> Ben. Are you kidding? I'm, I'm and, always um, down there at Walmart buying plastic stuff to put stuff in. And I, I would just encourage, like there is, there are so many life-giving benefits to, to owning less. I mean, just the the time that we waste taking care of things the money that we waste the energy the the stress the um as opposed to calm and peaceful and focused life i uh, i just think there's so many benefits to owning less as people begin to see that and and recognize that i, I think the the movement to own less continues to emerge and yeah. find mm-hmm. momentum towards it Joshua, you are doing a great job of making me feel, in a good way, a little guilty. Uh, So that's good. You're accomplishing your mission. The other concept that you had in the book that really caught my attention was don't compare up, compare down. What what did you mean by that? Yeah, uh, I've spent, in my years as a youth pastor, I you know, took a number of students on missions trips and spent a lot of time in third world and developing nations. And uh, it's very interesting to see uh, how how people around the world live and realize when you get to know them that that they're just as happy mm. uh, maybe even more happy than than we are in in America and it's always motivated my understanding of of minimalism and and owning less um, that the the more we accumulate doesn't doesn't bring us happiness, um, but relationships do, um, significance and, and impact. And I think one of the problems that we run into in this society where we're constantly told to buy more and more and, and purchase more and more is that we so often begin comparing our lives to those who have more than us right. uh, rather than comparing our lives to those who have less. Uh, and there's th- like there's no winners in that if we're constantly comparing. Um, well, it's so, so true. You know, you look at the research today and those who are the most discontent live in countries with the most stuff. And it is kind of interesting in that regard. And uh, I think you're proving the point. And actually, ancient wisdom, which is right from the lips of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, right? Yeah, yeah. Simplicity is a far better way than all the complexity of the stuff. And uh, that's so self-evident. But it's hard for us to embrace that. Uh, I was having lunch with a with a friend one time who was um, commenting that his nine-year-old son is never happy, never content. And he made this statement. He said, I can't figure it out. My son has a bedroom full of toys. He's got drawers full of video games. He has a whole toy room that he shares with his sister. And yet he always wants whatever toy is being advertised on television. He said, when I grew up, we were pretty poor. And it was me and my three brothers. And I think we only had three toys total. Right. But I don't ever remember begging my parents to buy me new things or always needing the next toy that was on television. And I just don't know what the problem is. And um, I said, 
I don't know if you're looking for advice, but I'm going to give it to you. I, I said, <laughs> I said maybe the problem is that you've got so much stuff for your son that he hasn't even needed to learn contentment mm. with what he has. When you only have three toys and you're not getting any more, you learn to be content, you learn to be happy, you learn to figure out how you're going to live life within that structure. But whenever your kid wants a new toy, if you're rushing out to buy it, he never learns how to be content or happy with, with what he has. And I, I just, I've come to say that our, our discontent is most evidenced in our excess, that, that when we have financial means and we're discontent, we just go buy whatever we think is going to solve it. Uh, and when it doesn't, we just go buy the next thing rather well, than just finding contentment and happiness where we are. And you're on to a great truth because – and I do this from time to time. And certainly when my boys were younger, there's a certain return that you get from providing those things. And it becomes more about your sense of feeling good than the kid's sense of whatever, right? So it's a real parenting trap to derive your – measure of how good a parent you are, how good you feel as a parent by giving your kids all the stuff that they would like. Mm -hmm. And I've even said this. I mean, I'm better at it now, but things like, well, I didn't have those things as I, when I was a child. I only had the three toys, so I want to make sure my boys have more. That's not healthy. Well, what Joshua was mentioning about knowing the difference between organizing stuff and minimizing, oh my goodness, that struck home. <laughs> that really just, <laughs> that, that thing leaped out at me because... I have uh, a real struggle. I'm trying to get rid of stuff, but my the, you know, the input is greater than the output, so to speak. I, I can't get rid of it fast enough. Um, there probably is some sort of way to gauge um, how I'm doing in this, but I don't know, Danny. What do you think? My lost cause? Well, I think Joshua <laughs> is right on on this one. We we think, oh, we're 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 organizing our home so we're in a better place yet you're not getting rid of anything and if you have to go out and buy bins and shelving and i've asked my wife this hey let's go get some shelving and then this will that'll solve that area and she has argued back no we just need to get rid of that area and that that is so true she's absolutely right sometimes it's hard to part with certain things oh no that camping stuff we need the two tents no we don't we, maybe we just need one and those are the hard decisions that we get stuck on and yeah. we get brain freeze on. We have uh, we, we did that very thing. We bought some big shelves, particle board, you know, things with metal structures. And I knew in my head what it was going to look like. But I did not account for Christmas stuff. <laughs> I did not account for my wife's um, uh, medical and supplemental things being in there. And so Valentine's Day yeah, stuff, we had Easter a few stuff. we had a few <laughs> things. And now my kids are taking advantage of those sort of disorganized shelves, and they're throwing their stuff in there because they're adult kids who don't want their stuff anymore, so they're, I guess, giving it to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's the, you know, we, we sometimes bring things from our childhood as well, papers, other things that, we go, oh, someday we'll, we'll want to look through those. And, and really, if you're honest, you probably never look at those papers. And uh, my wife has brought the uh, baseball cards and football cards from childhood to the chopping block sometimes. And she says, hey, you know, those take up quite a bit of room. How about we remove those? And then we'll get into, well, what about your sewing stuff? Or what about this? And then you start getting into an argument rather than teaming up and figuring out how do we conquer this? And that's where it needs to go where you say, okay, we, we have this amount of stuff. What would be the ideal for our family to be able to maintain where it makes sense to us as a family? And that, that can take uh, some 
very difficult conversations, and maybe you need a counselor to help with that, uh, to help be the neutral party. But if you enter that with the intention and the desire to create peacefulness in your home and to create more time together, then there can be sacrifices made. And I like what you're saying because that can be one of the kind of the uh, the responses we have to our kids when all they want is stuff. You know, we're trying to bring some greater peace, frankly, to the home, and it's not accomplished by by stuff. Yeah. So we're going to work on uh, you know some some space here. We're going to work on decreasing the amount of stuff that we have to take care of because we want to spend more time with you. I mean, that's a good way to put it. That's a great thing. And and that's a great way to put it. And some families that I've worked with, we've talked about some of the things they really want to do together and then looked at the stuff they've had and they went on a mission to sell a certain number of things to create that experience, whether it be a big trip that they've always dreamed of going on or uh, bicycles to be able to go on bike rides together and, and reducing the stuff and then purchasing the things that they're really going to utilize that are going to create those experiences together mm-hmm. that they don't have to maintain so much. And so you can create all kinds of strategies, be creative, but have input from the whole family. I think for some kids, they feel pushed into a corner when all of a sudden you're coming in saying, hey, get rid of this, get rid of that. When they haven't had much input in problem solving with you as they create a great adult life skill, which Mm. is learning how to make decisions between things. Make sure you engage the kids in the decision-making as they're getting rid of things. That's great. Well, we want to help you avoid the parenting trap of giving your kids everything they want, which is going to become clutter one day. And we want you to have those healthy conversations and to model it well. Get a copy of Joshua Becker's book, Clutter Free with Kids. Uh, We've got that along with a CD of our interview with Joshua the whole thing, um, and we'll send that little bundle to you as our thank you gift for supporting the work of Focus on the Family and equipping you to uh, achieve that goal of becoming less dependent on stuff and more relationship-focused in your family. You can make that monthly pledge or that one-time gift of any amount when you call or on the website, and we'll link over to uh, those details and other helpful resources in the episode notes. Next time, we'll hear about disciplining your kids with love and limits as we hear from Ellen Schuchnecht and Aaron McPherson. And for now, on behalf of Danny and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.